0: They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. My name is
1: Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. We want to draw your attention to our friends at W Hunting Supply. If you check out DU Hunting Supply this week, they're having a sale on their Garmin Astro Alpha Long Range Magnet Mount Brown Antenna. Now, that was a mouthful.
2: Yeah. Do you know what what that does, Colby? Well, you know, I I haven't hound hunted in a while, so I'm pretty sure the technology is advanced. So what that is, is that that adds an extension
1: to your Garmin Alpha uh, handheld unit so that you can pick up your dogs further away. So yeah. go check that out. That's on sale this week, and you also find all kind of stuff from our friends at W. Also, check out our buddies at Northwoods Bear Products. It's we're getting into the winter. Bear baiting is dying down, but be thinking about them for your spring bear baiting. Also, be thinking about them for the commercial sense. A lot of people are using this stuff for trapping. Oh, really? Trapping coons, um, so there's there's other things that you can do other than bear with these with these scents so check out our buddies at northwoodsbearproducts.net also check out our good buddies at the western bear foundation we were just out west colby mm-hmm. just last week yeah you were too yeah i was too you were in utah yeah i was in new mexico and uh lots of bear issues out there western bear foundation hunting conservation organization giving a voice for bear hunters out in a pretty hostile environment. I say that every week, but it's true. That's what I yeah. think of when I think of those guys. Yeah. Check out our buddies at the Western Bear Foundation. And hey, go ahead and do us a favor. Right here at Bear Hunting Magazine. Check out bear-hunting.com. We've got a full line of custom apparel and going to have some stinking cool hats, new hats coming mm-hmm. out real soon. Check yep. those out. You can pre-order them now. Yeah. We're calling the flashy hat series. Yeah. So, they say, one of them says flashy mule, mm-hmm. one of them says bear grease, one of them says bear dogs. Up really, your level of cool
2: yes, with the flashy series yes, that, of Bear Hunting Magazine. Yeah, we should put that on the yeah, website. Yeah, we should.
1: Hey, check out bear honey.com subscribe or renew to Bear Hunting Magazine there. All right, on to the podcast. So, Colby. Yes. You just got back from Utah. I did. You got back last friday last thursday i think it was last saturday last saturday yeah mule deer hunting with your family yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty beautiful up there yeah yeah so you uh i mean i know the story here
2: but uh yeah
1: you brought home some meat from Utah. i did
2: i did the last day i was like i'm bringing meat home yeah yeah so you killed a deer i did tell us the the rack just didn't matter in the end i was like I need some food. This freezer is empty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we hunted hard for five, six days, and then the last day it was like, "We're whatever is whatever is legal." <laughs> I'm pulling yeah. home. Yeah, I didn't come here for nothing. Tag That's soup right. doesn't sound good to me. That's right. <laughs> so you got a you got a young buck, young tender one. I did.
1: So your whole family y'all put in together and drew this tag yeah we so had how many of you
2: went up there well there were five of us up there and four of us had tags okay and we we tagged out which is pretty incredible really I everybody all, there. everybody
1: all, all four people got killed
2: I, deer i was the last one to tag out your
1: mom killed a deer yeah i didn't know that
2: mom got a pretty decent two by two nice um and we had one four a by four. yeah dad had a, a a smaller two by two yeah um so yeah, but it, it seemed like a good representation for what we were seeing in the area. Yeah, we weren't seeing any real big deer. No, no. The four by four was the only really good deer that that we saw, and we went in after him for you know over a mile to see if we could get him, and we ended up pulling him out. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, it was snowing and cold. You were camping in a wall uh, tent. Yeah, we were. We had two wall tents: one that we were staying in, and another one that we were keeping our gear in. And then uh it was my first time hunting in snow. I mean, it's it's different. It's it's different yeah. hunting in snow. Always cold. Yeah, it was cold. It was pretty cool though. And yeah. then you snow up to your shin and just it makes it harder to walk up the mountain when there's snow. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it was really cool, cool. man. Well,
1: that's awesome. We are uh, I'm I'm just getting back from New Mexico. Yeah. I have not slept. Yeah. Except on the side of the road at a rest stop, me and Brent Reeves stopped for about for a couple hours and slept last night. And let the mules out. So I'm 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 foreshadowing what's going to be coming. But we just got back from New Mexico. Yeah. And uh, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We are. We're. I want to talk about bear hunting in the big woods of the southeast. Or we're talking about Arkansas, but really it's the it's the southeastern section of the eastern deciduous forest. If we're talking about the macro perspective of what we're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about my Arkansas bear hunt. Yeah, from October the third, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, this hunt to me of all the hunting that I do, this is the most special hunt that I do. Yeah, it really is on a per- very personal level. This is the for me on my personal, my personal chart of what has a lot of value now that's not entirely true like hunting with other people has a lot of value like rivers hunt Mm -hmm. like that had a lot of value but it was it it was different in a different column and uh you know i enjoyed all the all the stuff with the river but just on like a solo level Mm -hmm. this hunt to me has been the hardest hunt that that i've done and it also means a lot to me just because i'm from here yeah. There's there's something to be said for just valuing something simply because that's what you grew up doing. Yeah. and or, 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 well, and I didn't grow up bear hunting like this, but those mountains mean so much to me. That has value. That may not have value to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, people aren't coming from all over the country to down here to hunt, you know, because it's just it's It's just a different kind of hunt. It's not big, majestic, huge mountains, even though there are big mountains, they're cool mountains, but there's a lot of value added to something just because usually we have the prerogative to add value where we see fit, you yeah, know? and so this hunt was significant for me um where to start where to start, Colby
2: hmm, we, well, maybe your background with the mountain, yeah, yeah. Well, the
1: first, let me start off by saying what we're calling this thing, yeah. Sheep Hunt of the South. Yeah. And that's the video's name. We're releasing a video, probably will be out even before this podcast. If you hadn't seen it, you'll see it sometime quick on the mm-hmm. Barony Magazine YouTube channel, and it's yeah. a video we call, we call Sheep Hunt of the South. Yeah. I started calling it that, and it's not the perfect analogy, but I was thinking about just the low success rate
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of this style of hunting and kind of thinking that you know sheep hunting is low success. Yeah, I was thinking about mountains, and you know sheep are only in the mountains. Well, our bears are pretty much in the mountains. There, there's the other connection. the 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 next connection being that it's just a a coveted trophy in my eyes. Um, this bear, and you know the sheep in the last twenty years has just become kind of the pinnacle of big game hunting in north america pretty iconic in, in a lot of ways yeah and so that's why you know kind of tongue in cheek it's like well this is a sheep hunt of the south but the only thing that would make this different than the sheep hunt is there's probably lower success rates on killing bear <laughs> in the mountains like this than there are guys that are actually drawing sheep tags but you know the the limiting factor with sheep is that you just don't draw tags yeah. and and it's a kind of a rich man's sport yeah. And that you know, you you got to have big money if you're going on a guided sheep hunt and good glass, good glass, got to have good glass. No glass in an Arkansas for nope. bears, nope. You need to use the two the that God gave you, yeah, that's all you need, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Um, no, the the so several years ago, seven or eight years ago. I I decided that I wanted to kill a bear in national forest without the use of bait or hounds. So in Arkansas, we cannot use bait or hounds in national forest. Can't use hounds anywhere, but we can bait on private land. So we have these big blocks of national forest. I think we've got a couple million acres of national forest in Arkansas, yeah. and and most of that national forest is home to a good population of black bear. But a good population of black bear is 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 not. Really, a ton of animals when it comes to going out in the woods and thinking you're going to see one. Yeah. If I could say it that way, they're yeah. a low density animal. Yeah, you know, I've said it so many times, but like a high density of whitetails would be like fifty deer per square mile. Yeah, you know, which is not that uncommon of a number for whitetail hunting. You know, you drive down the road, you see whitetails. You drive through farm country, you see whitetails. Well, a good population of black bears is about one bear per square mile, yeah, you, if you're in a place with one bear per square mile, you know I mean you it's a decent population of bears there's just not as many of them yeah. And so
2: and that's probably more of an average than a hard rule right like, exactly. You know, I am going go out there and grid and find like one bear per square mile, there might be like three in a more concentrated area exactly you know? exactly that's just the way biologists would uh take
1: a land mass and then the total population, but at any given time there might be multiple bears in that square mile. Yeah. And the next square mile next to it might not have any. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of an exaggeration too. But, so, I set out to kill a bear in National Forest, and I think it took me four years before I finally killed this bear that's right behind you yeah. that we call Rock Slide. Yeah. Because I killed him in a rock slide. Killed him on the last death season, in 2013, uh, our season here goes to November the 30th, and I killed rock slide on November the 30th. Yeah. And uh, basically just was slip hunting that day and found some hot bear sign, just fresh bear scat. Yeah. And set up in a little gap. The wind changed. wasn't favorable for me to sit there anymore, so I started walking into the wind saw the bear before he saw me. He was actually laying down. Yeah. And was able to slip in and killed Rock Slide with a muzzleloader on the last day of season in 2013. And, and that the was saga my, began. Yeah. Yeah. That was my that was my first time that like this is actually a doable hunt. Up until that point I really wasn't sure. I mean, I knew you you might bump into one, but I had no idea whether you could consistently kill bears in this area. You know on it just consistently kill them with some level of predictability, yeah, how but, much
2: effort did you put in that year?
1: Well, I wrote an article called uh I think I called it thirty three miles because I had been keeping track of that year, how far I had walked, looking for bear sign and stuff, and I think I had calculated I walked thirty three miles in the mountains, yeah, you know, in uh in all that time, saw very little. But a lot of my tactics have changed since then. I used to hunt bears in the later part of the season because I felt like that's when you could have a, would have a better chance at killing them because you could see better. That was my thought. You know yeah. about leaves have falling. Yeah, about mid October or November around here, the leaves fall, and a black bear stands out like a sore thumb when there's no leaves. They really do. Yeah. So I that was my thought for hunting late November. But now. I would much rather hunt the early season Yeah, when it's hot. It doesn't even make rational sense, but... Yeah. What have you noticed about that that's better? Well, the bears are just a lot more active. Yeah. By the end of November, the bears are honing down their home ranges dramatically. Like, this bear, I believe he was probably staying in a 400-square-yard area based upon the sign that I saw. I mean, he was close to denning. you know. Yeah. And uh, so... Early season, September, early October. These bears are moving around a lot more. They're active, much more active, and they're leaving a whole lot of sign. And you can find them on acorns. Yeah. By late November, a lot of times all the acorns are gone, and it's it's hard
2: to just pinpoint exactly what these bears are feeding on. Yeah, it kind of kind of sounds like you're playing a game of outdoor battleship with yeah. the bears. It's like, let me check this area, and then let me check this area, and yep. once you like strike something it's like ooh i'm getting close exactly yeah that's a good that's a good analogy because you you go check
1: something and there's no sign there there's nothing there and it's just like no bueno you know like deer you could almost always predict when there was going to be deer in a certain area yeah. like there's always going to be some deer sign there or some deer using it maybe hotter at different times but with bear it's really hit and miss yeah. There may not be a bear in that whole section of woods, I mean, at all. Yeah. And then, you know, but somewhere there is a bear and you just gotta find it, you know. Yeah. Uh, um so in and, and keep asking me questions like yeah. you're doing. That's, yeah. that's good. I'm I'm just trying to set the stage for this hunt because this hunt was beautiful in yeah. that it was short, sweet, to the point. Yeah, because it happened quick, but it, 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 it wasn't. I mean, luck was involved, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't just luck.
2: Yeah, and so I'm trying to,
1: you know, because the when we start telling the story, it's not going to last very long.
2: Yeah, so maybe we can draw another similarity to sheep hunt. Good boots.
1: Good boots. Good yeah.
2: boots. Essential for a deciduous forest bear hunt on yep. public land.
1: Yep yeah you gotta have you you gotta cover some ground I think that's yeah. the point there is you you
2: really gotta cover ground and and find where these bears are at, yeah, I oh. feel like that's even something that we learned whenever we were doing the spring bear hunt in Montana, where we just had to just really cover some ground, yeah and see what we see what we see just yeah. well- but in that we were looking more for seeing a bear with our eyes and this it's more looking for signs, so what kind of yeah what kind of signs are you did well, you find this time or did you, in the past? Yeah, so th- this
1: hunt took place on October the 3rd, which I would still consider early season. Man, I'm 100% looking for bear scat. Yeah. I mean, you can find the sign of bear all over these mountains with rolled rocks, logs, and we've talked extensively about that in other podcasts. Yeah. But man, I'm looking for fresh bear scat. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I found to give, to tell the a little bit more history. So 2013 is when I killed that one. Yeah. started with a smoking hot pile of bear scat on a cold November day. So it was steamy. It it I didn't I didn't touch it, but it <laughs> it looked steamy. Yeah. And then in 2016 is when I killed a bear on in Arkansas and the next day killed a bear in Oklahoma all on White Oak Acorns. And it was the same deal. I mean, it was just like I just found them. I mean, just bam, all of a sudden there was acorns, there was bear scat, there were bear trails there were bear tracks and you know in the i killed one over water so there was a small mud hole basically and uh, man the bears were just there and uh that's exactly what happened this year is that i i had gone up on september the 3rd before i went to colorado and i'd put up three trail cameras one of them was over a mud hole, not the same mud hole from 2016, a different one. I call them mud holes because that's really what it is. It's not yeah. really a pond. Um, and this one was even smaller than that. This one was about half the size of your car hood. Yeah. And uh, they drink what they drink, though. They they don't care. Yeah. Uh, I the so I put up on September 3rd I put up a camera on a on actually an old logging road up on the side of the mountain, totally non-functional road. I mean, it was probably made in the 60s when they logged that mountain. And I find that game travel, those old logging roads, and sometimes in the mountains when you're looking for a place to put a trail camera, it's hard to know because it's just vast, and sometimes the topography doesn't narrow things down so much so that you just know within 10 feet where an animal's going to be. But an old road is sometimes good, and I, I get deer and bear coming down that old road yeah um, and during the rut, if you're trying to hunt deer, you can put cameras over scrapes and stuff, but yeah, this is way early for that, yeah, so I had this camera on an old road, and then I had a camera on this mud hole, which was just a mud hole. Well, I came back for the first time on October the third, and we'll get into that day now, so now we're officially talking about the hunt from this year, yeah, came back on October the third. I was 150 yards from my truck, and I found some good bear sign uh, on a black gum tree. Yeah, and I show it in the video, but there was a black gum, and the bears were just wearing it out. Well, I think it was one bear. It it looked like it looked like an ice storm damage, where like limbs were all over the ground, and uh, this bear was coming up and down this tree, and there were eight piles of fresh scat under this black gum. It was so close to the road it made me think maybe it was nighttime activity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it really was, but that's what it made me think. And any other year, I would have just like said, man, this is is what I'm looking for, and I would have hunted it. But it was so close to the road, I felt like it could have been nighttime activity. And number two, it was down kind of low in a creek bottom. And I felt like the winds would be swirling. And so I just didn't think I could effectively hunt it. So I said, Well, I'm just going to keep going up to where my cameras are. And I went uh, not very far at all. And I found a dugout yellow jacket nest, which uh, th- this day kind of played out almost scene by scene, just like 2016. Yeah. Uh, for people that may have watched that video, you know, I found a yellow jacket nest. I started founding bear sign down low. And then. You know, uh, just everything's kind of went on from there. Found a balloon, Mm. a littered balloon on the ground. Come on. Yeah, and I found another one this year. Anyway, quartered away up the mountain, found a yellow jacket nest. Basically just started seeing bear signs. Started finding some scattered scat all the way in, but not concentrated. And uh, what it seems like is that, like, wherever these bears are really feeding you'll start seeing sign a long ways from that, but the sign just gets thicker and thicker. So, like, you might see, like, a fresh pile of scat, you know, a half a mile from where those bears really are, and you're like, dang, there was a bear right here yesterday. But you see no other connecting sign. You don't see food. You don't see, you know, 10 10 pieces of, uh, or, you know, 10 piles of bear scat. So it's kind of this disconnected piece of sign. Well, I just kind of kept moving from there, and then I found on the on the top of the ridge there were I started seeing tons of white oak acorns and I started seeing tons of bear scat. Yeah. I really did. Uh just and I knew that I was in the chips. Cause you don't find that every year. Yeah. It had been two years since I had seen a bear in National Forest two full years, and so, and I'd hunted hard the last two years, so I had that one real good deer in 2016 when I killed two, and yeah. then I went two years without seeing a single bear, but hunting really hard in National Forest, Yeah, and so when I found this, I was like, man, I'm in the chips. Yeah,
2: I think there's something good inside of that as far as like using your eyes, kind of like your nose, like if you smell something, you know, you'll you'll like turn that direction, and then as you get closer and closer, it gets stronger and stronger. And I think a lot of times we just find some sign and sit down instead of like pursuing the good sign, you know. Right, right. And so just going to you like thinking of it that way, like if we hear something, we know that if we go closer to, it, it'll get louder and louder. Yeah. I think a lot of times with our eyes, we just find something and stop yeah. instead of like seeking out that thing further and further until we get to the the ultimate thing that we're pursuing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly the way it was. Yeah, because it was I could have got kind of hung up
1: on the sign. I actually had a trail camera down low. Yeah, I didn't say that. You know, I, I put yeah. a, said I put that trail camera on a little logging trail. Yeah. Well, there was a bear on that camera the day before. Yeah. And, man, I, I was tempted to just sit there. Yeah. So I was like, heck, there was a bear here yesterday. But I just felt like I was going to find more sign the further up I went, so I kept going. Yeah. And uh, And I was glad that I did. Okay, now listen to this. Oh, man, I didn't even tell the – the backstory, we had found James Lawrence's bear that morning. Yeah. I drove to Oklahoma. James killed a bear in Oklahoma, which yeah. is all there's also gonna be a video about that. And spoiler alert. I didn't I didn't know if I was gonna get to hunt that day. And so I drove my daughter's car. Yeah. For gas mileage sake, because I'm hunting about two and a half hours from where I live. And I didn't know if it was going to take all day with James or if it was going to be real short. Well, we found the bear easily, butchered the bear quickly. And by 930, I was, we were handshaking and hugging and see you later, James. He was taking the bear and I was going my way. And I said, man, I'm going hunting.
2: Yeah. And so that's, you, re- you realized your heart was in public lands that day. It was. Yeah, it really was. It's like, hey, buddy, I had fun. I gotta go to my heart in public land. Exactly, <laughs>
1: and you know, I, I still had a hot bear bait in Arkansas that I could have went to. Yeah, I really did. Rivers, Rivers' place. Yeah, and I, but I just didn't. You're right. My I didn't want. I just didn't want to. So you know, my knife was still fresh, bloody with the with the with, you know with the flesh of a bear yeah. that day when I headed up the mountain. You had the scent. That's right. That may have helped me. Yeah. It Smelled like a bear. Well. So I didn't get to the mountain until like 11 o'clock. And so, you know, I'm kind of moving into midday, afternoon. And uh, I had scheduled a meeting with the leadership team of our men's group for our church mm-hmm. at noon that day. You, yeah. I didn't even tell you this. I, I've heard about it. Okay, so so we had to have a meeting, and it was going to be by phone, and there's I think there's six guy, men involved in it. And uh I'd said I, I just said, okay, we're gonna do it at noon. Yeah. And I knew that I had to get to the top of the mountain before noon <laughs> to get cell coverage because there's no cell <laughs> coverage down low. Yeah. And so I was hooking it to the top of the mountain all the while Cardio. <laughs> watching this bear sign and stuff. Heck, that's the reason I had to go to the top of the mountain. Yeah. I really wanted to go there for the bear sign, but I had to go to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Anyway, when I get up there, I start finding all this sign. And I know I've got to make this conference call, and I I call the guys, and I'm whispering, <laughs> and I tell them all, I'm like, guys, hey, I'm in the middle of some smoking hot bear sign, better bear sign than I've found in a long time. Yeah. And uh, and we and we talked about the the topic at hand, and, yeah. and we had about a twenty minute meeting, and I'm over here whispering, like looking <laughs> around, uh, hoping I didn't see a bear. But uh I strategically placed myself on the mountain for that meeting as well where the wind was blowing my scent off the mountain. Yeah. And I was I was like putting my hand up over and anyway, that was funny. Yeah. And so uh and then and then my good buddy, who I won't name his name, Josh Spillmaker, <laughs> uh got mad at me because I didn't text him immediately when I killed the bear. Because when I got off the phone, he was like, Man, if you kill a bear. Text me, call yeah. me, and I forgot. I totally forgot to tell him <laughs> that I killed a bear.
2: Yeah. So anyway, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. Yeah, we'll give him a sticker or something.
1: Yeah, we'll get Josh Spillmaker, if you listen to this and you caught and you tell me that you listen to this, this is a good test for Josh. this is a good test. This is a good yeah, test. I like it. Okay, Josh, if you listen to this podcast, you can collect your uh, Bear Hunting Magazine decals from the Colby, the Bear Tech Moorhead. Yep. Okay, just, you know how to get in touch with him. Okay, <laughs> so, I'm on top of the mountain. You're on top of the mountain. And it's about one o'clock now. Yeah. I go over to check my trail camera, which is over
2: the mud hole. I feel like we're using a lot of trail cameras in this one. Yeah. So, I feel I feel like we should say what's stamped on those trail cameras. Go ahead and tell them. Cuddyback. Yeah, cuddybacks. Yeah. And bear boxes. I mean, if uh, if we'd been using another trail camera, we probably would just seen just bear tail ends. Yeah. We probably wouldn't have caught the whole bear on the camera. That's right. Yeah. Cuddybacks, man. Uh Mark Cuddyback is a good friend of ours.
1: Um and and uh and a bear a, hunter.
2: And he's oh yeah, and Mark's a, bear a big hunter. bear hunter. Yeah. He
1: loves to bear hunt.
2: Yeah. That's why we associate ourselves with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark killed <laughs> a kidding.
1: Mark killed a fifty three inch moose in Ontario. Oh wow. Back in September. Wow. With his bow. Right on. He did. It, it's it's uh, a, it's not really even a it's it's a guided hunt, but it's not it's a self guided hunt. Yeah. So anyway, he loves moose hunting
2: too. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so they the I always use bear boxes in these mountains because bears are super attracted to petroleum products. Yeah. They love plastic. I mean you could go out and put a plastic milk jug on a tree. Yeah. Ratchet strap it to a tree or zip tie it to a tree, leave it out there, and a bear is gonna chew it up. That's very interesting. It is. It's crazy. My dad actually used to have an idea that he thought you could bait a bear using plastic like literally like yeah. you could you can't bait using food food related you know and he was like mm-hmm. man I, I'm cuz he had a lot of experience um trying to stash well tree stands number 1 but also trying to stash supplies back in far back places yeah when he was wanting to go back in there and camp <laughs> yeah so he had a lot of experience like trying to hide stuff you cannot hide anything from a bear. He yeah. was he was burying stuff. <laughs> they still he was it up. burying water jugs, burying canned goods, mm-hmm. and bears would find it. Well, tear it up. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so Dad was always like, "Man, I think you go to Walmart and buy a toy, buy a beach ball, yeah, and hang it from a tree, and set up a stand, and in two days you'll kill a bear." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, know. I don't uh, know. That's funny. It's it, it, funny. It it's who knows, but they they'll find it. So anyway, we, well, we use had, bear boxes. Somebody
2: somebody submitted a something in the photo contest for the trail cam giveaway that w- they had a minion painted on their on their oh, bear, yeah. their bait yeah, yeah. barrel. So maybe that. we just need to get a plastic minion yes. <laughs> and take it out there there from see. a tree.
1: I don't think that would break any laws in
2: front of a in front of a, a camera and just see what they do to it. That is a
1: great idea. Yeah, we need
2: to do that. We love testing things around here.
1: Yeah, we need to do that. So I go to the mud hole. Yeah, and I pull the car. Well, first of all, the mud hole is totally dry when I get there, Mm -hmm. bone dry. And uh, I was a little bit disheartened by that because it was hot. It was it was in the eighties. I mean, I'm covered in sweat. Yeah, uh, hot, but there's no water. Well. I checked the camera and there had been a bear there two hours before. I can't remember if it was an hour or two. I think it was two hours before. Yeah. And a bear had been there every single day since I left on September the third. It's now October the third. I'm serious I'm not I'm not exaggerating. The, f- yeah. the the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, all the way. Yeah. And two days before the water hole had dried up. I mean, these bears were drinking water out of a pool of water as big as a dish plate for several days, oh, you know? okay. I mean, they were just coming and just lapping water out of there. And finally, it dried up. Well, I, I guess I, the bears didn't know that it had dried up, and they were still coming over there to check it. Yeah. I think that's probably what was happening. Yeah. And number two, there were white oak acorns everywhere, up on top of this ridge and so the bears were just there i think they were just coming down the top of that ridge and it's like hey we'll just walk by the mud hole over there and they they don't wallow like pigs really but they do like to get down in and get wet you know and so i think they were still laying down kind of in the mud even when there wasn't water there so anyway needless to say i'm highly encouraged by the fact that there's been bears in there Every day, and there was a bear in there. And two hours before I got there, so what did you do? Good question, man. The wind was out of the north, and so I got on the north side or the south side of the water hole. I had my tree saddle with me. Yeah, my tethered tree saddle. Yeah, would have been perfect. That was that was my plan was to hang a tree saddle and and be able to shoot right to the water. But there's no water. So, I didn't know if they were going to actually come to it, like, to that exact spot, even though I thought they would be in the general area. You could see
2: probably 50 yards in most directions. And so, what I decided and, to uh, do... What, what, what were you having? Like, what kind of range were you trying to get in within? Well, I was, I was shooting the traditional bow. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to be within 15 yards
1: of them. Yeah. And... um so what I, de- I decided not to sit in the saddle because I didn't want to be locked down in the tree and a bear not come to the mud hole and be 40 yards away eating acorns and me be up in a tree and not be able to come down.
2: Yeah, and not being able to situate and readjust. Yeah. yeah. So I backed off the water hole 40
1: yards Okay. on the downwind side. And what I did was I actually scratched away the leaves you know, I took about four minutes and kicked the leaves back making steps towards the water hole for about 15 to 20 yards. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that so that if a bear did come to the water hole, I could stalk him without making noise because yeah. the leaves
2: are super dry. Yeah, you know, you're very forward-thinking. Forward-thinking. I
1: like it. Well, I did that the first time when I was 18 years old hunting a uh, hunting a hog over bait one yeah. time i did that i made i made i cleared a trail all the way to this little spot i was baiting pigs yeah and uh i'll be darned the first time i went in there i walked on my trail about 40 yards peeked over big old hog down there shot him i right don't um, that's another story colby and for another time <laughs> so but i but i was thinking if he does come to that water hole and I need to get within range of him, I want to be able to move quietly. So I just scratch the leaves back, just made little foots, you know, little places about as big as a dish plate. Yeah. Scratch, 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 where I could just move around. Because man, I tell you what I have learned is these bears are easy to stalk when they're eating acorns. Really? Now, if a bear is if a bear's got his head up and is walking, I mean, he's going to be pretty aware of what's going on. But man, if they've got their head down eating acorns. I mean, you could almost walk up to them and slap them in the butt, yeah I mean, it's they they seem to be pretty singularly focused, yeah, so I'm sitting there, wind's hitting me in the face, mud holes in front of me, forty yards, okay. I sit there for two hours, and it's now three o'clock i I think I got settled in at one o'clock that's that's what happened, and at three o'clock, I hear some brush breaking behind me. I mean, it sounded like a deer coming. You know, I've had people ask me what a bear sounds like. They can be very quiet, but if they're not trying to be sneaky, they make noise, especially in dry leaves. Yeah. So I just, I just heard leaves crunching and, uh, turn around about 40 yards away. I see a bear kind of up on a little rise from me and the wind had been hitting me in the face going straight to there. So I thought this bear is going to smell me. Yeah. But just at that moment the bear was kind of the the wind was kind of coming out of the west and so it was starting to hit me in the left side of my face rather than the front of my nose yeah it was a good swirl yeah yeah so this bear's directly behind me well i get i had also the other thing i always do this i always do it when i sit on the ground is i had cleared out a big circle so i could move maneuver around and not make noise yeah i'd cleared out just bare dirt in about a five by five area where i had my gear where i could stretch out anyway so yeah, i, I saw that. this bear i do that too yeah. yeah yeah It's good it's good to do that i was able to get turned around and watching the bear that didn't make any noise and he's just gradually moving towards me and it didn't take him very long i feel like he was coming to that mud hole yeah because he was If he had stayed on his trajectory, he would have walked within like five yards of me, which I thought that's what he was going to do. That would have been something. Yeah. Yeah. But when he got to within about 12 yards, he saw me. And I believe he started cutting my wind because the wind was kind of going back between north and west. Yeah. And he kind of started to bob his head, and then he looked over and saw me. And uh, he was not. He didn't, you know, if it had been a deer, he would have just like sprinted off and snorted. Yeah. What he did is he kind of stiff-armed the ground. Like he kind of, he made one quick little step and kind of stomped the ground a little bit. Yeah. And then he just kind of started angling towards me, but getting further away from me. And that trajectory was going to put him at about 13, 14 yards. And by this time, he's he's looking at me. Yeah. And it's kind of an odd thing with bears, but they'll do it um especially if they don't directly have your scent. I think if he would have directly smelled me, he would have just turned around and just left yeah but uh but he he was just kind of getting a little bit of wind, and he saw me, and he was going away from me, but basically he just stepped out there thirteen yards it looked like a looked to me like a a um just it was just an average boar. Yeah. But boy in National Forest I'm not selective. Yeah. Really not. I'm just not there yet. There may come a day when I'm selective in National Forest, but it's not twenty nineteen.
2: That's what that's what baiting's for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like I'm gonna take this bear if he gives me an opportunity. And um, thirteen yards broadside drawback. And I mean just ten ringed him. Yeah. I mean just I couldn't have put the arrow. Uh, any I put it right where I wanted to put it. Yeah. And man, every time you do that with a traditional bow, you feel so fortunate. Yeah. You really do. I mean, you yeah, know you practice and you know you can do that, but when you do it on a live animal, it's so it's just like you're just like, ah, good. You're just yeah. it's such a satisfying feeling to get a good shot. I knew the bear was done, uh, yeah. but he ran out of sight and he did not death moan. Yeah. I have found that uh probably of the bears that I've killed have death moaned. Yeah. A lot of people ask about that uh, because a lot of people think that every bear that dies death moans, but that is not true. Um, Even though some people have skewed stats, like some guys are like, man, every bear I've ever killed did that. Well, It's the genetics. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Some do, some don't. Yeah. This bear didn't. And he ran about 50 yards and died, but it was out of sight of me, so I didn't know for sure. Yeah. My arrow passed all the way through him and, and stuck in a sapling. <laughs> it's cool. You have to see the video yeah. and the pictures. But it, it just ringed the sapling about as big around as your thumb. Yeah. And buried up almost to the insert yeah. after passing through that bear. Wow. That must be a good broadhead. It is a good broadhead. Thank you for teeing me up. Uh, <laughs> No, I was shooting that uh, day six Evo hundred and fifty grain. Oh, okay, yeah, day six broadheads. I like them. Yeah, I like them. It's a it's a cut on impact, real high grade steel. It holds its sharpness really well. They fly really well. They're kind of a short ferreled head. So it's a it's a two blade with a with little a kickers little bleeders. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they look really nice. That's what river killed her big bear with yeah got a total pass through with her you know forty five pound bow on yeah. a three hundred plus pound bear that's impressive total pass through yeah and then I got a pass through with uh um, with a sapling yep and then that's a double pass through double pass through just'm <laughs> no, just kidding so anyway, I recovered the bear and uh i had i had cell coverage up there. Yeah. And it's now three o'clock, but I'm it, minimum, uh I'm a long ways from the truck. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And uh, I knew I, I wasn't going to get that bear out by myself. And so I called you. Yep. And you were here at the global headquarters. Yep. And uh, I had taken my daughter's car, as I said before. So my truck was at the global headquarters with the mule trailer already attached. Yeah, And uh, I'd been texting you. Didn't I text you yeah. tell you I was in... In the on, chips. Yeah, 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 that's probably what I said. It, <laughs> word for word, I'm yeah. in the chips. Well, I finally called Colby and just say, I said, man, I killed a bear. And I said, get in my truck. Load up Izzy. Yeah. Get in my truck and drive down here because I got to have Izzy. Yeah. And it was just great that it was a weekday and that you were here yeah. and that you were able to do that because I would have been in trouble. Yeah, you've been sweating it out. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I I could have got the bear out of there, but it just would have been a lot harder. Yeah. And it was a perfect time because it takes about two and a half hours or so to get there, and I knew it would take me that long to skin and quarter the bear yeah. and to get back to my truck. And uh-huh. so, I mean, it worked perfect. I called my dad, and – uh Dad came out and met me at my truck, and he brought he brought me a flashlight, a big flashlight because i I really wasn't prepared to hunt. I usually yeah. carry my good coon light with me mm-hmm. even when i when I'm going back in the mountains, a smaller coon light, and it didn't have it, and so I called Dad and he knew I was probably going to be coming out of there in the dark, and so he said, "Well, i'll meet you out there and bring you a light yeah it I, I it was cool he came, I think he really wanted to just be a part of it, you know, so yeah, so when i so I skinned the bear, quartered the bear. Uh, hung the hide up on a log so it kind of stay cool, even though it was quite warm. Yeah. Uh, the air temperature. And, man, I hadn't been at my truck 10 minutes when you pulled up with Izzy. This yeah. is perfect timing. Yeah. And, uh, by the time I got her saddled up, I calculated I had 45 minutes to an hour before dark. Is that about right? Probably so, yeah. It was starting to get a little dusky. Yeah. And, that's about how long I knew it would take me to get back up there on riding Izzy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I'd already walked up on foot and come down on foot, and so anyway, I was pretty tired or you know just a little fatigued. But anyway, I was able to ride her back up in there, and uh, and carried a pannier with me. So I have just a standard, just a regular saddle. But uh, I used James Lawrence's old canvas pannier that I was able to carry up with me and then put, it drapes over the saddle. Yeah. It has these big, huge bags on either side. So I couldn't ride her back down, but I was able to put the meat and hide on her, which she did good. She had carried River's Bear out a couple days before and had thrown a little bit of a fit, got a little snorty, didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, Ace didn't mind the bear at all. Yeah. So Ace is Colby's mule, and uh, Ace was just kind of like, whatever, man. I just, I'm just <laughs> ready to go back and eat some hay back home. Yeah, he's the old man. He's the old man. Yeah. But Izzy was a little snorty, but we got the bear hide on her. Well, this is three days later, I guess, three yeah. days after River's bear, I think, or maybe four days. It was really close. Well, Izzy had no problem with me putting the meat on her, which a lot of horses and mules don't want you –
2: that the smell its all. the
1: smell of blood and flesh—and yeah, so she was cool with me putting the meat in, but when I started walking over there with that big old ball of bear hide, <laughs> yeah, she got snorty and, but it—it it, it didn't take much—a little convincing—and uh, I got it on her.
2: Yeah. Well, we've been working with her too. Yeah. You know, it's not just like going up and seeing if we could throw one on her. Yeah, I've been—it's the visual aspect of the hide yeah. that she doesn't
1: like. And then up in Montana when you were with me. Yeah. She, I thought she was going to hurt herself. She was pretty, pretty she, wild. She was worked up about that bear hide. Yeah, And, you know, I think a lot of guys would have just given up on him, on her at that point. Yeah, or pressure too hard. Well, yeah, and really messed it up. Yeah. Uh, but I just couldn't take no for an answer that Izzy wasn't going to carry a bear hide. Yeah. And so on the way back from Montana – I put the fresh hide up in the horse trailer with her. She yeah. rode for six hours with a fresh bear hide yeah. right in her nose. Yeah,
2: and then well, she was already sniffing it a little bit on on the other on view. the way down. Yeah,
1: yeah, on on Smoky.
2: So, yeah, we we'd
1: been training her, and even the week before bear season in Arkansas, I took some of my hides from down here and left them out on the fence. And though it didn't smell like a bear because it was a tanned, clean hide, yeah, she was still afraid of it. Mm-hmm. It was that visual aspect, yeah. And so I, I fed her, um, I fed her around that hide, you know, like a tanned hide, and anyway, we worked with her quite a bit. So I was really pleased to get the bear hide on her and came off the mountain, yeah. And uh, man, we I ground that bear up, uh, cut cut some bear steaks, cut some asabuco out of the shanks, yeah. I just used a hand saw, which is a ton of work. Yeah. It really was a more work I I need a
2: my my saw ended up being right here in my desk. No way. Yeah. I found it yesterday. Your bone saw. My bone saw. Dang. Well thanks for that. Now
1: <laughs> So I, I cut the, the shanks into Asabuco. I cut uh I cut some good bear steaks out of the back straps and the rest I ground. Yeah. And we ate some of it fresh so that I never froze, made some uh we we like to make, uh, we call them ranch bean nachos. Yeah. But where you take ground meat, you brown meat, whether it's deer, bear, or whatever. You yeah. brown meat, put in taco seasoning. While you're browning the meat, you also put in uh, peppers and onions, like a frozen mix of peppers and onions. Yeah. And then put in a can of ranch beans. Oh, okay. And uh, with the taco seasoning. Yeah. Oh, it's super easy and super good. So we we that like two days later we had some fresh bear meat. Which yeah,
2: pleases even the pickiest of eaters. It, I'm sure
1: it really did. Yeah, but uh, my kids, I'm famous around these this this little track of land right here for ranch bean nachos, <laughs> wild game ranch bean nachos. Yeah. So anyway, that was the hunt, man. Yeah. Um, and for me, I would I'd rather kill a bear like that than a Kodiak brown bear. i said that. On the video, and I mean it. I really do. I mean, (laughs) you know, I got a brown bear hanging right there on the wall, and uh, I am eternally grateful for that brown bear, and always will be. But I'll treasure these this you know average black bear more than that in terms of personal hunting goals. Yeah, Uh, and uh, and that's just the truth. Not to devalue a brown bear because he was a majestic beast too. Yeah, but on a personal level. But uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, Colby? Or what what questions would people or 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 I don't know. What unanswered questions have we what unanswered things have we not talked about?
2: Well, I think people would probably ask about the saddle, the original like idea, like what your setups like. Because that's something that I don't think I've seen a lot of bear hunters do, I mean it's something that's yeah. that's kind of going inside of like a white tail scenario, but yeah. you know saddles have been around for a long time, but I think they're just not kind of coming back into style, yeah or popularity so and I know it's a new system so what are your thoughts on the saddle?
1: Yeah, I really like the saddle. I've got the tethered mantis with their with with tethered's uh little platform, their little cast metal platform yeah and uh and i was carrying two two three muddy sticks yeah so it was it it's uh because i i wasn't planning on needing to get up 20 feet i was hoping to get up 10 feet yeah just to get up above kind of just eyesight and and maybe get some wind for get some wind in my favor yeah really like it for that kind of hunting because it uh such a light setup easy setup um, more of a running gun total running thing, gun yeah. which is great for that kind of hunting because if there had been water in that water hole that's probably what I would have done if I'd have yeah. known there would be a bear right, right there. there that's what I would have just climbed up a little bitty tree that I couldn't have even put a stand there there, there weren't big trees around this water hole Yeah, the tree that I had picked out was about 8 inches in diameter yeah. which would have been difficult to put just about any kind of tree stand in and uh, you know it would have been a small tree, but if I was only up eight or ten feet, it is probably a, it's probably bigger than what I said. It's probably a twelve-inch tree at the base. You know, yeah. And um, but that that was, yeah. I think it's a great setup. The other thing we were going to try to talk about some gear because the video I intentionally didn't put any gear stuff or any product promotion stuff in
2: our video. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people would have questions about wearing the merino wool inside of warmer temperatures and yes. why I to do that. Well, I'll
1: talk about the clothing I had on. Yeah. I had on uh, First Light Sawbuck pants. Yeah. Golly, Colby, I just wore those for six days straight yeah. and only took them off at night when I was sleeping. Yeah, are those the brush pants? Yeah, they're the brush pants. Man, yeah. I, I, the I think... The Briar britches. Briar yeah. breeches. I think that may go down as First Light's
2: greatest creation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean and, and you know it, it's it's a it's an it's an old it's a throwback to something old but they're doing it different than any other briar pan I've ever had. All the briar britches I have are not comfortable. Yeah. I I enjoy wearing them because they protect you from briars. Uh-huh. Uh they and, and not just briars. They just they you know you kind of feel like you're just wearing a, a little bit of armor, you know, like riding mules, yeah, where we were just at in New Mexico. Man, your co- your knees are constantly hitting stuff, scratching yeah. on stuff. Man, they're perfect. Well, I was wearing the Sawbuck pants on this day, um, and they're the reason they're different than everything else is that they've got this uh, athletic, uh, lightweight, fast drying synthetic material that is the back and butt and crotch
2: mm-hmm.
1: and back of the pants. You know, it's their Corrugate Guide pant, yeah, so it uh, br- so it breathes well, v- breathes very well, very light, yeah. very comfortable. And then the front is this brush pant, which is kind of just a thicker, um, you know, but not hot. They're not hot. That's a couple people ask me, are they hot? No, I wouldn't call them hot at all. Yeah. Um, It was very warm that day, and I was wearing a merino wool, just t-shirt, first light t-shirt. That's all I had on. Yeah. I was wearing a crew top t-shirt. Didn't have any face camo or anything else. Yeah. Wearing a little merino wool hat. But that... You can see in the picture when I came off the mountain after dark, I took a picture with me and Izzy with a hide over her. I think it's on social media. I'm covered in sweat. Izzy's covered in sweat too. Yeah. And uh, that merino wool just dries out so quick. Yeah. If that had been cotton, I would have been miserable all the way home. Uh Because right after I took that picture, I jumped in my truck and drove home. Well, that stuff dries out quick. It really does.
2: That was one of the things I found in in Utah in that cold weather cuz whenever we got out and and really hoofed it up the mountain through the snow, like I just got to sweating, you know. Yeah. I went from cold to just like hot and sweating, but I never got uh really cold again even whenever whenever I was um you know, just soaking wet. Yeah. And even on like the ride back to camp on the on the side by side, it was uh like I wasn't freezing. And then I was like, man, I need to go. I need to go change my clothes. And by the time I finally got around to doing it, it was already dry.
1: Yeah, that's it, just it. Was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I didn't feel like wet. You know, it's almost like it pulled it away from my skin. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, the other
1: the other gear related issue we already talked about the broadhead, but I've, I always have a lot of people ask me about my tr- traditional bow setup. Yeah, so I'm I'm shooting a Timber Ghost G3 SS. Yeah, okay, that's what it's called. Timber Ghost is a brand. Uh, it's made by Bowyer here in Northwest Arkansas, a friend of ours named Kent Roberts. Yeah, so that G3 SS is uh, G G th- G3 stands for Generation Three Super Static. Yeah. Because it has super static limbs. It has these ultra recurved limbs. That's they call that super or a static limb, it means a recurved limb.
2: Yeah. Super
1: static means that it's got these super radical hooks, which it has as radical of hooks as just about any bow on the market. Yeah. And those radical hooks make that bow
2: literally one of the fastest recurve bows made. Yeah, it seems really fast whenever you shoot it compared to other recurves I've seen. Well, it's it's not
1: or stick bows. too big of a deal to get that bow shooting over two hundred feet per second with a
2: you know a five hundred plus grain arrow, which yeah. is fast for a recurve. Yeah, fast and you got some momentum with with the heavy arrows. Right. Yeah. So so I'm shooting that Timberghost
1: G3SS. It's a takedown bow. This is a three piece bow. Yeah. Which uh, just this week I was hunting in New Mexico on mules and I had that thing broken down in a little case that's about twenty inches long. Yeah. I mean it's very very portable uh, very portable you can you can build that bow in about 3 minutes probably yeah. maybe even less and uh I, you know on this hunt I had it fully strung the whole time but a lot of times I don't if I'm riding on a mule I'll break it down and put it in a saddlebag yeah and uh, I'm pulling Fifty-two pounds at twenty-eight inches. I probably pull twenty-seven inches, so I'm probably pulling about fifty pounds. Yeah, I'm shooting the Day Six arrows, four hundred spine. Um, they those arrows are going to be weighing in the five fifty range. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a it's a good it's a it's a good setup. I like it. Yeah, um,
2: it uh, it doesn't seem to really twist or, at all or anything when you pull all the way back either. Like what do you those, mean? The limbs, like, they don't seem to, like, tweak. It just seems like it just pulls straight back. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it just seems sturdy. Yeah.
1: Those limbs are really stable. That's been the... Uh, some other super static limbs are unstable, meaning that you shoot them three or 400 times and they break. Yeah. Um, you know, I've shot this bow for years, and it is... Uh, it's still still strong, and Kent's had good luck with his, with his limbs. Um, so... It, that's my bow setup. I shoot three fingers under. I shoot a just a standard glove. Um, I have been influenced by some of the by the by the trad guys right now that are making a lot of headway. Um, who am I thinking of? Tom Clum, yeah, and uh, Joel Turner. I, I've, I've taken none of their classes, but yeah. just kind of the backwash of their philosophies have influenced me in a good way. Yeah. I mean, like I'm trying to hold my anchor longer. I'm trying to, uh, I mean, that's the, probably the main thing that I'm doing. We could nerd out about trad archery, but those are, those are good guys. The guys that push archery, their podcast is really good too. Um, but, uh, but I'm kind of a snap shooter, which those guys don't like. Um, and, uh my goal has been to get within 15 yards of game and kill game inside of 15 yards and uh, you can snap shoot effectively if if those are your goals yeah now if you're trying to kill game at 25 and 30 yards you know some of the olympic style um shooting that they're doing is highly beneficial yeah uh some of the stuff and uh but anyway i'm i'm kind of a snap shooter i'm not a gap shooter at all I, I I I for for all the consciousness that I have, I believe that I'm shooting instinctively. I mean, you know, mm. Colby, I don't know if you know it, but a lot of guys draw the bow, yeah, and use the tip of the arrow to aim, and it's called gap shooting. Yeah, and it's 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 a very effective way to shoot. Yeah, um, I don't do that. I'm I'm just shooting like I'm throwing a baseball,
2: mm. and
1: uh, you know, I'm confident out to 20 yards. Yeah, and and I've killed guy. I killed a killed a deer two years ago at twenty four yards. Uh I guess that's the longest. And I well shot a bear in Saskatchewan, a second second shot at about twenty five yards. Yeah. Um but mostly my range is I want them inside of fifteen. Yeah. And I just feel real confident at yeah. that range. Um but uh so that's my that that's my bow setup. We talked about broadheads, we talked about arrows, we talked about the tree saddle um, we talked about the first light gear. Yeah, talked about the game camera. Talked about the game camera. Um, yeah, I filmed the soul hunt. This, somebody might be interested in how I did that. You know, I, I carry a little, uh, what's, what kind of tripod is that? Look at that tripod, Colby. Oh, it's uh what brand is that? That is a good tripod for solo. Vanguard. Yeah, it's a little Vanguard uh, Alta. Two three three a zero tripod, and it's it's big enough that you know you you know it if you got it, but it's good enough that it's a good it's still a good tripod. I carry that thing with me everywhere I go,
2: yeah, it's been used on every video
1: every every video
2: I've ever made that tripod made it, yeah, and uh, yeah. I had it up there, packed it on the mules in montana it's been it's had the heck beat out of it, actually, I think there might be a video of me running with it in Montana, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know what?
1: This isn't the original one. Oh, it's not? My friend, who will remain nameless, but he knows who he is, Forrest, uh, (laughs) left my tripod underneath a lion tree in Idaho in 2016, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. (laughs) We got back to the truck after walking two hours straight up the mountain, (laughs) two hours after dark, and I was like, hey, man, where's the tripod? And he was like, I thought you had it. And I was like, no, you had it. <laughs> oh, he, Yeah. So, and this is, so this is version two of that tripod. Yeah.
2: If you're listening to the podcast, we'll give you a sticker too. <laughs> okay. This is a test. This is a test. Forrest, you know who you are.
1: We will send you a sticker if you, uh, if you claim it. I give him a hard time and have for years <laughs> yeah. about that tripod. He knows I'm just kidding him. Yeah. Um, but so I was using a Canon G30 camera. Yeah. Uh, when I'm self filming, that's what I use because it's so small, such a good camera, wide angle lens, beautiful color. Uh, it's a great all around camera. Yeah. Very versatile. Man, I've beat the tar out of that camera, Colby. One time I left that camera on the hood of my truck in Saskatchewan overnight when it poured down rain.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I haven't heard that story. Yeah. Yet. yeah. The RG30. Yeah. I I left it on the hood of my truck and just went to sleep and just forgot it out there. Yeah. Rain that night. Yeah. I woke up and I see the camera on the hood and I'm like, "Dang, that camera is going to be <laughs> toast." Yeah. Flip it open, turn it on,
2: fires up, has never missed a beat since then. Yeah. It lived in the saddlebag on the Old Smokey in Montana, too. Yeah. Take a whooping.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a heck of a camera. Yeah. Very versatile, very tough. So I was using that one and I had it positioned such that I was in front of the camera. Um, I wanted to capture me drawing the bow. And, you know, it's like, I was like, yeah. if I kill a bear, I'm going to be in front of the camera, which is harder. You, you see me in the video once turn back and look to make sure the bear's in the frame. Yeah. You know, it's much easier to have the camera in front of you and shoot from behind the camera, yeah. but it's less. You don't see; it's not as cool of an yeah. image. So these are the things I'm thinking about as a filmmaker. It's yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna get in front of that camera.
2: Yeah, and then if you were up in the tree, you have a different arm, right?
1: Yeah, I've got a I've got arrow. a fourth arrow camera arm that I use up in the tree, which I really like. I need to get their new one.
2: Yeah, that, that thing's sturdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost like feel it. like you could hang off of it. it. Just
1: yeah, you probably could. Yeah, you probably could. Um. And then the GoPro. Yeah, I didn't even have it up there that day. Oh, you didn't? mm oh, Didn't okay. even use it. Yeah. So, uh, But the other cameras that I use for more cinematic stuff or more intentional stuff, you know, this kind of film is like all self-filming, so I was just using the G30, but I've got a Sony 700R, and I've got a Canon 5D DSLR Mark III. Yeah. For for anybody that's interested, they might know that. But I take all my pictures with a uh Canon five D Mark three. And uh but a lot of our slow mo stuff is from that Sony seven hundred R. Yeah. But Colby, yep. I'm thinking about selling every one of those. Yeah. Did you know
2: that? You didn't we, Well there's been some toss around of different technology updates. I, I think
1: i know what i want to do now yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. i'm excited i yeah. haven't heard this so part.
1: anyway if you're interested in buying any of these cameras from me uh just forget about the story about that one being left on the hood
2: <laughs> in a rainstorm what are you talking about it's tried and true it's it, weatherproof yeah it works just fine yeah you can send it through the car wash <laughs> yeah yeah man
1: well no i think i'm gonna get a, maybe a different setup but yeah no, so I was carrying a Kefaru pack, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I That's a new I got a addition. Kefaru Shape Charge pack with a little add-on pack on the back and a super tough pack, a great zipper. I mean, just like, you couldn't get any higher quality than that pack, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wish it was a little bit bigger. And, and I, I just got, it's not the pack's fault that it's small. I mean, that it's just kind of a day pack. Yeah. But when I'm carrying my camera gear, I probably need to get from them a little bit bigger pack yeah uh but it but the pack is super comfortable i like everything about it
2: uh i just need it to be yeah. about uh a cubic foot bigger yeah yeah when you're carrying gear you're carrying a lot of extra stuff that most people don't so it's not really yeah like it's filming just, yeah 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 i do always carry my
1: garmin inreach yeah i, I had it with me the whole time uh part of that hunt I'm in cell range but part of it I'm not and so I've got to where I carry that almost with me everywhere I used to not carry any of that stuff you know it's just yeah. kind of like but if you've got it you might as well carry it
2: yeah well it's nice to be able to communicate too and whenever you send a message it'll send your location too so if you needed help getting something out and I could have called in the chopper man <laughs> yeah the SOS I hit the
1: SOS button yeah been like Got a bear down. <laughs> send in the chopper.
2: Yeah, I bet Garmin would have loved that. <laughs> well, they they would have sent it. They would yeah. just charged
1: me about thirty grand, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could have airlifted that bear out. <laughs> well, um, hey, that's that's our story. Yeah. So check out check out the Barony Magazine YouTube channel, and you'll see a a video titled Sheep Hunt of the South." I love the video. To me, is it's one of my I mean, I always think, I mean, you, you always like a video that, you know, that you're making, but it's a good, it's a good video. It's yeah. It's got some good action in it. And, yeah. Uh, shows, shows all the sign. I think somebody could watch it and probably learn something, but also it shows a great traditional archery kill from the ground, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Well, and then in, in the newest issue of the magazine, you have a, what, a lot of photos of the bear sign that you saw and... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's so in some good the
1: November-December issue of Barony Magazine, there's an there's an article titled "The Best Bear Sign yeah. for Hunting in the Eastern Deciduous Forest, and all those pictures came from that hunt. Yeah, and the and a scouting trip. Well, when I was up there on September the third. Yeah. So if you get Barony Magazine, which you should, every stinking one of you yeah. should subscribe to Bearany Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Do us a favor. Yeah. But if you read that. If you see that article, you'll know. Hey, Clay took those pictures on September third and October third because yeah. that's when I was up there, and then that's when I came back.
2: Yeah, and it seems like a a pretty complete like capture of bear sign. You know, it's yeah. like you had some rolled stuff, you had yellow jacket nest, and then you know just scat and- for here. Yeah, for, the for here. Di- yeah.
1: You know, I mean, like in different in the, in different parts of the eastern deciduous forest, there's other types of food. Like there's beech nuts. There's uh, you know, I didn't get any pictures of uh. I didn't get pictures of all the food, but just in terms of sign, scat, yeah. rolled rocks, rolled logs, dug up places, I'm considering that sign. Yeah. Um, but boy, the best sign anywhere is scat because you can yeah. get a timestamp on it. Yeah. That's the one sign that you can really get a very good time stamp. Yeah. And you, because, you know, a it, track is, you know, you can get a timestamp, but not a great timestamp. Yeah. A rolled
2: log. Is not
1: much of a time stamp at all.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's where your inner child comes out. You get to poke at it with a stick.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. You do. You got to. You
1: got to see how fresh it is. You got to be thorough. Gotta see how fresh it is. Uh, well, um, man, that's what, uh, that's what I've got. And, uh, hey, thanks for checking out Barony Magazine Podcast. I believe the next podcast is probably going to be about our New Mexico hunt. Yeah, with straight sedillo and really with awesome the hounds. hunt, yeah. Hound hunt on mules. But closing thoughts, Colby? I don't think so. I think we're I think we covered Check a lot. Check out the flashy mule, flashy hat series. Yeah, at bear dash hunting dot com. Give us some feedback. Yeah, we got three very unique, different hat styles that mm. I think
2: people yeah. are going to like. Some really cool colors inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's cool. We, we, might, we might branch out into some other, some other things maybe with it. Some, yeah. Just some cool designs.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so check that out and keep the wild places wild because that's
1: where the bears live.
0: You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own? Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries.